Uh, yeah, we'll just just jump into this madness. Part four maps. They don't love you like I love you. Um, so this <laughs> takes place between balloons. Uh, yeah, between balloons and boxes. Um, and Steve talks about how his neighborhood was constructed and some, yeah, there's, okay, this is where he mentions that it was like, it was a bunch of old, huge houses and now it's like, and then the property from the houses was bought up and was like turned into trailer parks basically. Yeah. Um, or like cheap, uh, cheap mobile housing. Yeah. And all of this is a setup for Mrs. Maggie who lives in the old white colonial, uh, which Steve regards as the nicest of the houses. And she's 80 years old, and she has Alzheimer's, and she's always calling the she's always calling the kids the wrong names. Um, oh yeah, Chris and John is what she calls Steve and Josh. Yeah, after her own children, I think is what it is. Yeah, we learn later. Yeah, that the Chris and John are their are her sons, and she keeps thinking that Steve and Josh are them. Um, she keeps offering them snacks and talks to them about school and her husband Tom, who's a pilot, who. Uh, yeah, her her husband Tom, who's a pilot, and he's always out on business, and um, but she'll he'll come home someday. Um, and she gives them, oh yeah, she gives them the she give they always swim in the lake uh, behind her house, which is why she's always talking to them. Um, and she throws them. She one day she gives them a pool float, which is like the shark float that's in one of the later stories. Um, and then. Uh, oh yeah, Steve uh, and Josh are making fun of how Mrs. Maggie keeps calling them Chris and John. And she's like, "Hey, she, she's got Alzheimer's, and her husband her husband died because he was like he was gonna go on this he was gonna take her on this walking trip of Europe before she like totally lost before like she totally lost her lucidity, and he was like he wasn't sure he was gonna be in shape, so he kept going for early morning jogs, and one day he had like a heart attack just outside of their house." And Mrs. Maggie doesn't doesn't remember that, or I don't know, her dementia's really got a hold on her. Which the only issue I have with like Mrs. Maggie and her dementia is like, I don't know how she's allowed to live in her own house. Yeah, like she should probably. And how be she's at actually home at this like, point. yeah, and mm-hmm. like, and how she's like, and also, I mean, I guess like they they say like oh her sons never come to visit and that's why she lives alone but it's like she's doing pretty well for like an 80 year old woman with dementia like yeah, yeah um having had two grandparents that had alzheimer's like it is it, it is a it is babysitting duty they they people the they will like just walk out of their house and just start going somewhere and forget where they're going and forget where they came from and they just get they just get lost and I think it's like yep. it's kind of implied that like Steve's mom and some other people around the neighborhood kind of kind of like keep an eye on like her. take care of her mail and stuff uh, and yeah. I think I can't remember there's also something about like some I don't think they even mention her bills but like I don't think. Steve would have known it because he was a kid. I just so. have to. I have to say this right now. None of this is really mentioned at all of the story. <laughs> the pasta, I think. Uh, the Bill's thing is her one of, or her sons or one of her sons or both of them take oh, care yeah, of they, her bills. Yeah, but, yeah. But like but a lot of the, a, yeah, but a lot of the details about like how the, how Tom died and like 
the extent of the of her Alzheimer's and dementia. It's not really. It's really just kind of like yeah, she's like he's not coming back. He passed away, and she's just she's suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia, and that's that's really about it in the pasta. Like it's it's a lot more expanded in the novel from the sounds of it. Yeah, they throw in yeah. There's like a page in here about about how Tom died. Um, and yeah, he was gonna try and take them to Rome, or yeah, yeah, he's gonna take yeah he's gonna take her to Rome because he had been saving up for this like European vacation for years and was just gonna go when like the time was right, but that time just kept passing, and so up. he was just gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, I don't know about the about uh, I don't think the. Uh, the pool, uh, the, the pool? pool float was not in the creepy pasta either. Yeah, yeah. The... So maybe that was maybe they, uh, yeah, because that's that comes up that that ends up coming up in maps and maps explains how it ended up in the woods basically. Did is the raft explain like is the raft in maps though? Yeah, the raft they, is in okay, maps. Okay, so that's okay. So I was just wondering if they had maybe like in the novel they had replaced the raft with that balloon or with that float. No, so, they end up using it later. So. Hmm. Let's see. Oh yeah, and so Ms. So getting to the titular maps, Maggie says like, "Oh yeah, the lake here feeds into a tributary, and that leads into a river." And that's how the kids get this idea to like map out this whole huge river that's in the woods behind their house. And there's yeah, there's a long sequence in here of them like of of them trying to of of how they're trying to map it with like a um, they don't have a compass or anything. They've just got like this stake. And they're using this process of like put a dot whenever you take a step, or something. And oh, jeez. <laughs> and then there's a and then yeah, they hit this impasse where the woods are where the woods are impenetrable, and they don't really want to go like further into the woods because they can barely follow the river. Um, and so they decide to yeah, they decide to build a raft with all of this like with all of this uh, construction junk. Yeah, they just um, pull it from like some of the scrap yard, the scraps from the uh, construction nearby. Yeah, and so then they have to move the raft slowly, and let's see. Um, oh, right, and the, then there's this whole thing. Um, let me see. Right in between here, the uh, in between here, the snow cone story happens, and Steve's mom doesn't want him to leave the house, mm-hmm. and so she gives right, him this yeah. like state of the art like Timex watch or something like that. They don't give a name. It's just like it's a really <laughs> it's a really nice watch, and it has a million alarms on it. Um, gotcha. That's not in the pasta. It's just like he has a curfew, <laughs> or he's just got limitations on. Yeah. So the how thing. So the thing in the there. story here, which is, which I think is, uh, which they added in to make the to make the raft and kind of other parts of this make sense, is that his mom says, "Okay, you can go out so long as you come back before a certain, as long as you're back before dark, and also you have to check in every thirty minutes." Um, I think the way she says it is like, um, she bought me the nicest watch I'd ever known. It, it ever owned. It had about two dozen alarms on it, one for every thirty minutes. From from sunrise to dusk, she told me that if I wasn't back between each alarm, then she would take the watch away because I wouldn't need it anymore. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I think we just have like he's given like an hour or two hours. No, so that, she oh. checks in on him. Like she calls oh. whenever he's at Josh's and whatnot. Right. And yeah, she's yeah, and she just goes into work for uh, something, and she can't phone in because the phone's been disconnected. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, that uh, happens in this. So, yeah. So see, so the phone's pretty... disconnected because they're broke-ass, but she buys yeah. them a bitchin' watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, trying to create, like, a, uh, an inc- a consistency, they created an inconsistency because of the income well, this family makes. So, like, this is, so this is a thing... 
this is the thing that I'll say is like you'll see a lot of people you'll see a lot of low income families that like the kids have like the, the where the kids have like brand new game systems and that kind of I, I wish I could remember like the whole post on this because somebody was somebody was talking about it uh, that it was it was a whole post on Tumblr where it's like people are like oh yeah if they're so poor why are they why do they got a new Xbox and stuff like that and it's I don't remember the I don't remember the explanation why but it's it's not an it's not an uncommon thing for for these kinds of purchases to be made. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I think it's isn't like kind of like a distraction thing or like a coping thing or something like that for yeah or something like that. It's to distract from the fact that they're poor. <laughs> yeah, or from yeah, or like other problems <laughs> that they have because of being poor. I don't know. Yeah, so it's not it's not uncommon for like yeah for poor people to own nice things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, this is like the most bourgeois thing I could say. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uncommon for it's not uncommon for the uh, it's, not, it's not uncommon for the poor to own an occasional nice thing. <laughs> I've seen one of the peasants out on the street with their Xboxes, <laughs> or their anyway, uh, You can send you can send any hate mail to aldentirigamorius at gmail dot com. God damn uh, it! privilege and how we need to check it. I'll just forward that to Matt at the Drink of the Ugly. <laughs> uh, along with all the dick pics from the other shows that you've been on. Share us with your friends on Grinder. God damn it. Um, so anyway, yeah. They 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 do this thing. Uh, they eventually get to the right. This is the thing that um. So they get they eventually get the raft up there and they try and paddle it up, but they discover the river's too deep and because they were just pushing it along because they were basically paddling with two by fours, and they realize that they're pushing against the current. Their raft kind of sucks. Their paddles kind of suck, and it's gonna take them more than thirty minutes to get around the impasse. That means um, pizza's free. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, it means the pizza's free. <laughs> um, right, and so here's the thing. They eventually they eventually sneak the pool float out of the house with a swimsuit and a towel. Um, and then, uh, what is it? They sneak the pool float out. Oh, yeah, and then the pool float, I think just, the pool float just disappears. Like, they wedge it between two trees when they go out at the end of the day one day, and they're like, all right, we'll come back tomorrow, and we'll paddle we'll paddle the float out. And then they come back, and they can't find the float or the swimsuits. Yeah. And well, then, part of yeah, that and then one night, <laughs> it, so that, that ends the mapping thing. Josh is over one night, and Steve's mom's called into work, and her, and one of her coworkers shows up, and they can't, and they can't, couldn't call her because their phone was disconnected. She tries to, like, drive out, but, like, there's a hole in her tire, so she has to go with her friend who only has a two-seater. Because um, Steve and Josh were supposed to go with his mom because she was afraid of she was afraid as hell of leaving them alone at the house with the, I mean, after all the warranted. crazy photo shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of um, warranted after that. <laughs> um, yeah, and so she's like, all right, you guys can stay here. You're not leaving the house. I will call every thirty minutes, forgetting that I have a disc, forgetting that the phone doesn't work. Yeah, um, but you know, I think it, in, I this think... this one this one again makes sense because she's like, ah, oh, fucking, I my car's messed up, and there's this stalker after my kid, and she's just like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I mean, uh, there's not a huge difference between the two in this instance, but like, 
yeah, the half hour I think is is pulled up in the pasta. It's it's bumped up to like an hour or two hours. Yeah, okay. hour they and have, a half. Yeah, they have an hours. hour and a half yeah. window or something like that, rather than just the half hour windows. And yeah, and I think maybe the time constraint there is like to make it a lot tighter, so that yeah. to make it more to make it make more sense that like you can't get out and like paddle down paddle down the old Mississippi or whatever. Um, yeah, because an hour and a half is a lot of time. <laughs> I mean, heck, That's we're like almost the there right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we just hit that time, didn't we? Yeah, just about. All right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so they're like, all right, mom's gone. She's going to be gone for, like, at least two hours. We can go and get the raft out there. So they get to the raft, and they start paddling it. They start paddling it down the river, um, and they're like, they they just keep seeing woods for as far as they can go. They hear somebody um, they hear somebody walking around in the woods, and they start saying, yo, what up, monster? And, oh, yeah, and as Steve leaves, it's like, as Steve before Steve leaves, he grabs a bunch of Roman candles. Yeah, because that's the um, flashlight yeah. option, like the substitute they had from earlier that I thought. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, use yeah, Roman yeah. candles. So he, <laughs> yeah, he grabs a bunch of Roman candles, and so... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they, uh, and then eventually they they keep talking, yeah, hello, Mr. Monster in the Woods, hello, and then it's, uh, and then after yelling at it for a long time, they just kind of hear somebody whisper back, whisper hello back to them. Yeah. And so Josh, um, oh right, yeah, that, I remember that's part of the thing that Josh, jo, uh, so not Josh, Steve, like lights one of the Roman candles and starts trying to shoot the guy. Well, he shoots um, it up in the sky, but then like he, he's trying to illuminate it, so he starts shooting into the woods, like s- s- closer and closer to like the bank. Yeah, in this one, it's written. It's speed. written a lot more like he's like, I'm gonna shoot this fucker, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, so in in that one, he in the pasta, he has no idea how to really use the Roman candle. So at first, he just shoots up into the sky, and then it gets like progressively closer and closer to the ground level <laughs> mm-hmm. um, before he's just hitting trees with it. <laughs> yeah, and so then the raft breaks apart, and uh, this happened in winter, so they're like clinging onto styrofoam and swimming back to the bank, and now they're like totally soaked. And running through the woods, um, as they hear some, as they hear some noises behind them, and it's like, oh god, this is it, and it's like, oh, it's a deer. Oh, okay, that. Um, oh yeah, that's also part of it that they 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 run and they run and they hide, and then as they think they're safe, and they're like, and they hear the the footsteps going around. Uh, Steve's watch goes off as it does every half hour, and so yeah. he tears it off and throws it somewhere in the woods. Um. And then they get back to oh yeah they run back to the impasse and they find out that uh they they run back to the impasse because they right they took off their clothes because they were wet and freezing and Steve finds out that his clothes are missing yep and so uh, then he tells Josh to go back to the house and say that it's, it's, if his mom's home say they're playing hide and seek so as he's running around through the woods looking for his shirt he finds Mrs Maggie and she he hears her say he thinks he hears her say your mom's home so he runs back and finds out that uh. Uh, he finds out, um, that, no, his mom isn't home, and so he's gonna put, uh, so he's, he's getting things back in order and trying to make it look like they weren't out, so he reaches into his pockets to try and find the lighter he used to set off the Roman candles, but all he finds is a piece of paper in his pocket, which he thinks is the map, but it's actually just a drawing of two stick figures. One of the stick figures has his initials next to it. And then yeah. he says, Mrs. Maggie wasn't ever seen again. We saw, like, people bringing out trash bags full of stuff from her house. And that's when I realized that that night she told me Tom's home. Yeah, see, okay, so 
in the story, um, yeah, like he, she, she murmurs something to him, uh, at least in the pasta, uh, murmurs something to him and he's, he, he kind of just shrugs it off and then like jokingly says like, Hey, you're going to invite me in. It's like, Oh no, not, not maybe some other time. Tom's home. The kind of thing. Like, like you said, um, and then like at the end, I always thought that like when like he saw like the, uh, orange, like, uh, uh, quarantine suit uh, suited guys like bring out garbage bags i thought that they were bringing her out in pieces <laughs> yeah in i'm the, honestly like, not sure I, i'm not sure if there's a, if, so like this is because it could go either way it's either she was in she was in pieces and they're bringing her out or like i think the more likely scenario is she was a crazy dementia woman and her house was just like messed it was actually up. like yeah it was just really messy and then but that also boils out like so what did the stalker dude just like get her to <laughs> And, like, obviously that's probably what happened, but, like... Yeah, I'm not sure... It could have been a a body bag, like a black body well, bag. That's which what I th- like. I thought it a was. kid wouldn't necessarily distinguish. Well, there's, between, there's, they, uh, he says bags in plural is the thing. Yeah, that yeah in the pasta and in the I guess the novel he he mentions garbage bags, which I I, I I'm with you. Like I actually thought it, he was just describing a a body bag, but he kept saying, but he said it in plural. So in my mind, I'm just like seeing like parts, <laughs> her body parts and stuff. So in those bags so. or. Or again, could it could been, just be, or it could have been lots of dead things. Yeah, it, or yeah, again, it could just be like again, crazy cat lady, even or like, um, or maybe uh, uh, a poor uh, Alzheimer's uh, person in their home, and they they've like hoarded a bunch of stuff, or they've made a mess, and yeah, it's all contamination or like uh, quarantine stuff, like just for basic hygiene stuff. Or yeah. maybe her sons were there all along. Oh, jeez, that's dark. <laughs> Multiple buddy bags. They never left. Yeah, it could be anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, this one I think, I mean, I liked, I didn't mind the read, but I, I felt it was like, it was a bit of a slog to read through at points, and it didn't have as much continuity, at least in the pasta to me, to the other stories, until like yeah. that ending, where like, you kind of, like, where like, he stakes some of their stuff, and then like, Ma- this this Maggie plot line that just kind of really goes nowhere that shows up and does nothing really do anything <laughs> yeah like aside from just give a little bit more information about the setting um, but that's about it whereas like pretty much everything else that is brought up is mentioned like anything important from one story is at least brought up in another story like in one of the other ones yeah whereas Maggie just kind of she's super important to this one and. That that's really it. Yeah, and I guess like um, in the novel, like you say, like they she gives them the the pool toy thing or the pool floater, and that's that like that kind of was just at ra- like a random piece of setting in the first couple of stories. Uh, now we actually have an, I guess an origin for it, so it kind of gives Maggie a purpose to be in the story. But again, otherwise she's just kind of there <laughs> for for reasons. Yeah, I don't know. They needed they needed to drag somebody else into it. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have anything else to say about chapter four? Um, well, the question that I thought of uh, while talking about it now is the forest. Like, isn't this the same forest that they walked from Josh's house to uh, Steve's house yeah. in a previous chapter, but to find boots or not boots, uh, uh, boxes? boxes. Uh, and yet, there's an impassable section of forest that they need the raft to get past. Well, yeah, because, like, so there's, like, what the way I see it is that uh, 
Josh's house is on the other side of the woods from Steve's place. And between that, there's a creek or a river or something, or yeah, a creek or something more likely. And that they were mapping that out in their spare time and stuff. And then like the further they got closer to the lake, which is where Maggie's house is, was where it got denser or more wooded that they couldn't get past it. And that's probably also where um, our stalker's been living or whatever, when he's not been living in the crawl space. Um, so yeah, like, it's just like, it, it, the stories have been mapping out these woods for us as it's been going on. Um, I actually think they've been doing a pretty good job uh, for the most part of like giving us like the setting of this neighborhood. Uh, but yeah, like I don't, I think in the past, I don't remember that, like them running through the woods to uh, get back to their house. I think they were, yeah, picking, they did. They did they? Okay. I thought, yeah, I thought it was the sidewalk. To get to boxes. But, yeah. They went through. Oh no. Yeah. In boxes. But I mean, in this one, both of them. Both of them? Okay. Oh, yeah, in maps, yeah, and that's the thing, like, in maps, it's it's shown that they know how to run through the woods, because it's not even, like, an ordeal for them to run through the woods yeah. anymore. Except yeah. when, when they're trying to evade the stalker, it's a it's a panic, but then once they're not under any pressure, like, Josh knows how to get back home easily. Yeah, and I don't think there's any bring up of the deer or anything, or, like, no, a hide-or-seek no, kind of thing. at yeah. all. And like, the watch wasn't in it, so the alarm obviously wasn't, wasn't, wasn't in it. Yeah, it was really just like they heard some footsteps, they thought it was an animal, and then they heard the whispering, they shot the fireworks, then they swam back to shore, and then that was pretty much when they made the dash back to the house. Um, yeah, so like the the whole like deer thing and the the timer thing was not in the story in the in the pasta anyways. It was a later edition. <laughs> right. And uh, then at the beginning of this version of the creepy pasta. Um, when he's an adult, he says he goes back to his mom's house, and he was looking through his old schoolwork, um, which is what dredged up these thing. memories. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, most of my schoolwork's been thrown out and destroyed. I have one thing from uh, kindergarten that I kept because it was the coolest part of my kindergarten. <laughs> my my counter to that is that each of my, me and my siblings all have a large Tupperware container mm-hmm. of stuff that my mom, uh, my folks have saved. Um, like photos and school work. It's okay, and Mikey. That. Our parents just didn't love us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> it's also worth noting here that uh, the maps in the novel doesn't start with that. Okay. okay. Yeah. It just it, it just it starts by him going into a very detailed description <laughs> of how his subdivision was broken up, but he doesn't talk about going through his schoolwork or anything. Yeah, uh, and then this goes into the whole subdivision about how the, the roads were created with minor modifications, additions, and alterations, but never a dramatic change. Which yep, that's it. Yeah, uh, I read that and I was like, um, sort like asphalt doesn't last forever. And you've got to build bypasses. So, the stuff bypasses does change. lifeblood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, to the, to, the, to the most part, like, yeah, roads don't change all that much. Like, if you, look at, if you look at the East Coast, or cities on the East Coast, they're laid out super crazy, because they're, you know, they were originally colonial villages designed for foot traffic. Or yeah. if you've been to Europe, yeah. like those cities are super crazy, and people like to people prefer uh, at least in like uh, in Rome, um, people prefer to have scooters because again the streets were designed for pedestrian traffic, and also mm-hmm. there's not a lot of parking, and you can fit 15 scooters into a space that'll hold one car. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. they're a lot like thinner uh, roads. Yeah, out there. Yeah, and then uh, I was sort of. Uh, oh yeah, there's also a part in here I I completely forgot about, but uh, there's a there's a small part in here about how Maggie had a broken sprinkler that would go off all the time and yeah. it would cover her backyard in ice in the yeah. winter. Yeah, I was going to get to that in a bit because the well I'll bring it up now the the fact that in the thing it said often Josh and I would go over there and ugh, to walk on the iced grass and have sword fights with the icicles. Uh, I don't think there's going to be that many long icicles to do sword fights with if it's just water from a sprinkler. Yeah, no. <laughs> it would have to be, like, overhanging something, and it doesn't yeah. seem like that kind of even temperature even yeah. to have that kind of accumulation. The, the fact that they most they have is a frost, and then it's gone, melted during the day type thing. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a lot harder. They, they, they play it up a lot more here. Because they basic the the way he describes her house in the winter is win, is winter wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Which yeah, I've I've seen a, I've seen a house where the where the uh where I don't think it was a sprinkler, but I have seen a house where some kind of running water turned on in the winter and it got real crazy in the backyard. Hmm. Like yeah, I'm I'm picturing like I guess like water like going on whatever trees or whatever and. Pretty much everything got glazed over with ice. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and then I'm just kind of imagining some of it like hit her gutters, and then that yeah. forms rivulets and stuff. And yeah, they're going to be real short sword fights though, because you do like one hit with an icicle, and you're it breaks. You no longer have an icicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you still do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Because yeah. you're in like kindergarten grade one. So yeah, mm-hmm. hell, you're in grade five. <laughs> Oh, you're a fully grown adult in his 30s. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, in this one, he finally explains that the ditch mentioned in his previous stories is actually a tributary. Yeah. Which is a lot bigger than a ditch. <laughs> well, they call it a ditch, but I mean... But, yeah. But... My favorite part was when it goes up and down the tributary. The water. Yeah. <laughs> Which I certainly hope wasn't in your version, Matt, but it was definitely in ours. Yeah, I don't remember now. I'd have to dig through and kind of find it. Yeah. And, and here's a nitpick. Uh, it said, During the summer after kindergarten, before the events of balloons... And I was like, well, but balloons happened during kindergarten because of the release of the balloons. So that doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even talk about that. <laughs> so he, he got called out on that, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, we're just going to remove that. <laughs> well, or he knows. I think there's also was, less yeah. reason for him to say before the events of this chapter when it's, like, compiled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's the other thing between them is, like, I mean, we we read a compiled one, but, I mean... They were still, like, little bits of information about, like, the comments and the posts. Well, yeah, but it was copied and pasted. Yeah. Yeah. It was copy-pasta. Yeah. 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 Uh, And then uh, I found it odd that the two five-year-olds were able to build a functioning raft. Uh, Yeah, because I tried that shit when I was five. Yeah. And it did not work. Actually, yeah. I, had <laughs> I got wet. Yeah, I had a similar situation where we built a box, essentially a wooden box, because we thought we were building a ship. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that did not make it past, like, a five foot, uh, f- five foot off of our dock. 
I mean, I guess to their to to the credit of the story, when they actually when they do anything more than lie down on the raft, it immediately comes apart. Yeah, and I mean, they also use foam, which I actually thought like, yeah, I was like, wow, that is really clever for a couple of files to. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah, they talk about like how they tried to how they tried to use the individual pieces, and then you notice the foam floated real well. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere in there, so they build like a shitty pontoon, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, da, da, da. and then in our version, when the mother leaves uh, and gives them the opportunity and time to go out on the raft, it's seven p.m. in winter, and they say they'll be back before it gets dark. We're further. I don't think they. Yeah, they yeah, don't put yeah. a specific time on this but one. It, but it's still. I, I don't know. I don't know the difference, but yeah, that that might be the case. <laughs> yeah. Well, but an extra hour and what hour and a half they've had to do it, or two hours close to that. So and it, so back by yeah, nine like in this winter. Is, yeah, if you're in winter, yeah, I don't know where it is in winter, but I mean, like when you get to late fall, like the sun starts setting at like six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. And I think that's. I think again, he just got like. I think he got out of it in this one by. Let's see. Not saying what time it was. Uh, oh no, I just say right on seven o'clock. Okay, yeah. So that's not changed. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, I think they do they not say. I think they don't say like come back before it's dark. They'll just say like I know my mom. My mom was gonna be gone for like two hours, so we yeah. had that much time. Yeah. yeah. So they got rid of the before dark. Um, yeah. And then uh, the last thing I have for this section is the lighter. Like a five-year-old trying to use a lighter is they don't have the dexterity. Shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, did. Did. Yeah. You just weren't committed <laughs> enough to playing with fire. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's a long, complicated story, but trust me, I could use a lighter. And no, I didn't burn anything down. Man, if you I could only see the glare that that Doctor Leviathan gave Mikey. <laughs> I'll say, yeah, as a kid, I was a bit of a firebug, too, and thankfully I never burned anything down. Um, but I did burn my report card once, because I, I didn't want it to show it to my parents. Nice. I burned it in the empty garage and didn't think about how it would make a smell, and my dad came home and was like, is someone burning wood? <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> All right, well, I guess with that, we move on to the next... Or, do you have any more? Oh, and then using the lighter on a raft to light a Roman candle. (laughs) I mean, again, like... Hey, they're five. They don't think ahead. Also, it's like, it's at least dampish wood. Um, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying... I'm just saying I'm making excuses. The The whole Roman candle exchange is not a thing that happened with planning. Yeah. With proper planning in mind. <laughs> I think if they, yeah, if they'd actually done some planning, they might actually have some flashlights. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's the end of my uh, nitpicks. All right, so we're gonna move on to screens, and screens is the uh, one that I have some, I have some feelings about because I think um, we all do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think this is honestly, yeah, this is, as I said before, I think this is the weakest story, just because like it kind of breaks out of the motif, and I feel like there's a lot less connection to anything else. Mm-hmm. 
because um, it happened. It starts after all the other chapters uh, with the start of first grade. There's a long. There's well, not a long description, but there's a thing about. Um, uh, there's a thing about stomach flu in here, and there's a there's a there's a line in here I like that it it has all the components of regular flu. However, with stomach th- flu, you're throwing up onto a throwing up into a bucket and not the toilet because you're sitting on it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's in our version too. Yeah, it was that was a good descriptor of <laughs> of, of the stomach flu. Or it was thorough. Yeah. <laughs> and so then he also, and then after, in addition to the stomach flu, uh, he also gets pink eye and in both eyes. And basically, <laughs> no one wants to hang kid. out with him. And Josh is in a different class, and they're not even in the same lunch period. And he gets bullied for a while until eventually this kid, Alex, sits at the table, and he's a big kid, so nobody will bully Steve anymore. And eventually, after talking to Alex for a while, he's like, hey, why are you hanging out with me? And he's like, well, because I know you're friends with Josh, and I want you to tell Josh how nice I was. So he'll tell his sister so that she'll think I'm nice. Yeah. Then we'll get me a weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then, uh, so... Uh, and then so Josh always called her an ugly crow, and I said one day she'd be beautiful, and I was right when I was 14. Um, <laughs> and so when he he's, we cut, yeah. yeah, so we kind of we kind of head to high school. Josh or Steve is uh, really far from removed from Josh. He hasn't talked to him pretty much since like the end of Maps, I think. Yeah, kind of. Um, um, that's when they started falling apart. I don't think they've talked in like three years, though. Yeah, it's been about yeah, specifically in three years because there's a birthday party. Yeah. Um, and so Steve is now also like he's attending a different school as part of like a magnet program. Um, and he ends up meeting he ends up making friends with Chris, who's the kid who lost his balloon in balloons. And they end up hanging out and they discover they have like a shared love of shitty movies. And so they start going to this they start going to this cheap theater called the Dirt Theater, which people go to because uh, they'll sell beer to underage kids. And the th- tickets are really cheap, and there's a they have uh, regular midnight movies, um, but it's kind of a shitty theater. And apparently, it might have been a restaurant at some point. They're not sure. Yeah, like it's, it's just like, like normal chairs, not like yeah. There's tables. It's, yeah, it's tables. It's chairs too. around the tables. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he ends up going. He goes with Chris and his friends to go see Scanners, and he sees uh, he sees Veronica, who's Josh's sister, with her friends, and they bump into each other. Um, and he uh, he finds out that she recently broke up and awkwardly asks her if they want to go to the if she wants to go to the midnight movie with him, and then uh, he's. Asks if he can. Yes, if he can borrow his mom's car, and she, when she find when she finds out it's to take Veronica to the movie, she's like, no. But she was kind of on board before then. So yeah, and then and, also he, she asks. He asks about Josh, and she, she kind of just like shrugs. Veronica I don't want to talk about. Josh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I, right. I, I yeah. Jo- about, yeah. She, yeah. Nobody wants to talk about Josh. Even Steve's mom is like, I don't know. I haven't kept up with Josh's parents. Yeah. Um. And so then he also tries to call Josh's number to see if Veronica will pick up, but finds out the number's changed and talks about how long it's been since he's talked to Josh and it's implied that Josh disappeared at some point. Um, and so then he comes up with a plan. He's going to stay at Chris's house and then he'll walk to the theater from Chris's house because uh, that way his mom won't know anything about that. So he drives to the theater and is harassed by a car that stops him on the road. He, he walks to the headlights. theater. He doesn't drive he, to the theater. 
Yeah, okay, I meant to say he walks to the theater, yeah. yeah. Um, and he notices there's a crack in the rear window of the car as it drives off. Uh, he goes, they go to the, he and Veronica go to the movie, and it's super cool, and they have a great date time, and he's like, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of date story stuff in here, yeah. but like, I was, I was paying more attention, and like, maybe she was gonna grab my hand at the scary parts. Um, and then they go, they end up going back to the, uh, oh yeah, there's also this whole thing in here about this guy who sells him a ticket, who's like, some, yeah, some really ugly guy, um, and so then they go to Veronica's car and he asks if he can get a ride home because he walked here. <laughs> yeah. And they trade numbers and they they find out that both of their phones kind of suck. Um, yeah. And that cause... Veronica messed up hers and it doesn't go to voicemail anymore. It just rings forever. And Steve's like, oh, yeah, well, my like and then uh, Veronica enters her number into Steve's phone and says, your phone really sucks. And He's like, yeah, but at least it makes music and like shakes it and it makes a Moroccan noise. And he talks about how it can't receive data like it can only send calls and text messages. Yeah, it doesn't do pictures. Yeah. And so um, he asks about Josh and he she says she doesn't want to talk about it. And he thinks they might have gotten into trouble. And so then he uh, goes behind the movie theater to take a piss, and uh, Veronica gets hit by a car. Um, there's some. Uh, I'm not. The, this is like the rare instance of like I'm not gonna say gore in this, but there was like I think he he describes when he finds her when he finds her on the ground. It's like she she was like an anatomic. Uh, what is it? Uh, that's like an, an an anatomical doll that shows all the ways a person isn't supposed to move. <laughs> yeah, and like he says that there's blood everywhere, but like he doesn't go into like I mean, and he definitely like sh- like describes her how mangled her body is, but not like in a gory way, or not in a tensely gory way, or like yeah, he, he's like, not trying to disgust us. He's yeah. trying to say she's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, he even talks about like she tries to move, and he can hear like hear her bones grinding and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, so he ends up using her phone to call 911, and, uh, yeah, uh, and she, she's, she says, like, he took my picture, and then they go to the hospital, Veronica gets into surgery, and he real, he feels a phone ringing and realizes he has Veronica's phone, which never stops ringing, and feels really shitty, because he has the light, because he hangs up on her dad, because he doesn't want to be the one that says, like, yeah, your daughter got hit by a car, um, Eventually, he calls his mom, and she gets really mad. Um, and Veronica eventually gets out of surgery. She's in like a full body cast, except for like her hand, and yeah, except for like her hand, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And he come he comes to visit he comes to visit her in the hospital over the cu- next couple of days, and asks if Josh ever came, and she says Josh ran away like two years ago. He left a weird note. And Steve's like, I knew, like, we both started crying, but for really different reasons. Yeah. Um, and then he leaves her phone with her and, and, um... They start being says, in correspondence through text messages. Yeah, because she sends him a text saying, don't come back to the hospital. And yeah, they start sending all these texts back and forth. And, um, his, there's, this, there's a lot of straight, there's a lot of parts on how his relationship with his mom gets strained here. Um, and eventually... Uh, that's eventually the text becomes slowly like more more intimate, and he eventually gets a text that says like I love you, mm-hmm. and we should go to the we should go to the dirt theater uh, to try and redo our to try and redo our date, 
and he ends up getting a ride with his friend Ryan. His mom tries to stop him, but I'm bigger than her now, so I just left. <laughs> yeah. And he goes to the theater. Veronica never shows up. Some mouth breather shows up, and he keeps saying, hey, I have a friend who's going to sit here, and and he doesn't respond. He's just always straightforward, noisily breathing during the whole movie. Yeah. And so... Then he talks to Veronica and asks why she didn't show, and he gets a test message saying, see you again soon. Um, and so he talks He talks to his mom about the day with Veronica, and she says, uh, "She says, oh, she, she died weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, why was her phone still on? Why would it take so long to shut down her phone? And uh, it's like, oh, her parents, uh, it was only, her, her parents didn't even realize that her phone was still on. It was only after they found out that, like, her phone had sent a shit ton of picture messages. Yeah. Which is, he didn't, he never got because his phone is shitty and doesn't get data. Yeah. And yeah, it's. That's the end of that one, right? Like that. There's, yeah, there's not a very, there's not a very strong Chekhov's gun in this one. There's some kind of interesting stuff, but this is. Screens is a story that would be better if it if it wasn't tried if it wasn't kind of slotted in with the rest of these stories because it doesn't really fit the motif. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also I think story six is a much better ending to this, and Screens kind of contradicts the kind of contradicts the next story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I feel like it also kind of jumps ahead in the timeline a little too much, Sun- like aggressively. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah like. Yeah. like he was five, like, the, like, last story, and now he's, like, fi- almost 15. Well, he's been five in all of the stories up well, until this yeah. one. He's either four, five, or six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden, like, he's... oh, I used to be friends with your, best friends with your brother. Oh, we're totally in love now. Yeah, like, oh, man, everything's yeah. going to be cool. Like, we're going to become... Like, that, that well, is, yeah. that's hack Hollywood writing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really what it kind of felt like. I was like... I, like we've it, like they're all the all the bells and whistles of those like a, like a romancy like dating kind of like story thing was in this of like oh you're gonna have a happy ending nope yeah yeah and then he falls in love after one date yeah also I was like based off <laughs> the description of her uh, of her all of her wounds I was pretty sure she was dead like I was surprised when she like was conscious for after, a while. like something woke up from that yeah it's not really the best story and it, it makes I feel like it makes the least sense in connection to the rest of these well I mean there's one part like that kind of makes sense to me for it is that like the stalker dude that's been stalking uh, Steve the whole the whole timeline yeah it's like somebody's like tr- jumping in on his turf <laughs> he's gonna cut the competition oh yeah yeah it's the, it's the yandere killer <laughs> yeah exactly like no, he can't love her. He needs to love me. Yeah. I shall become her. <laughs> and that's yeah, that's honestly like the most unsettling part of this and I feel like this is this would be stronger if it was its own story and not yeah. part of not part of this collective cuz it it has very little to do with the collective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Aside yeah. from the stalker, who's like the central thing, but you can you can make another story about a stalker, and it'll be it it can be good. Yeah, there can be other stalkers, like 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 yeah. other stalker stories, yeah. and other victims. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Steve does not have to be the focal point. <laughs> um, also, yeah, like it just yeah. There's uh, uh, I don't know. I just trying to think of. Also, yeah. There's like how the hell did the stalker suddenly just get her like phone? <laughs> like was it? 
I guess he just like trailed them into the hospital and then like grabbed it from her purse or something like that. Yeah, that's how it was is that, explained. Is that it? Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah, because Steve left the phone on the table like just next to her so she could take it. Okay, in the pasta, I thought I read like well, put it, it was in the purse. purse yeah, and her dad never called her phone in the pasta. He never forgot he had it in his pocket. Yeah, he just like when they brought her into the room, he just put it back in her purse. Yeah. Because, you know, it's her phone. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if it was in the in the book, but yeah, there was this, like, whole thing where they were, like, walking around the strip mall, like, to Yeah, talk and he tells, this, he tells this whole, like, he tells this whole story, uh, he tells this whole spooky story. Well, what spooky story? Um, let me see. Uh, oh, yeah, about how the strip mall was abandoned because there was this, like, butcher's store... Uh nope, that's not. <laughs> that I can't. Rem- I can't remember the whole thing. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's just it's empty. irrelevant. Yeah, it's just it's an empty it's an empty derelict uh, strip mall because those exist because reasons. <laughs> well, yeah. So the thing is, so the thing is, the spooky story isn't supposed to be real. Okay, he talks yeah. about he mentions that this is like a trick that his friend Chris did, where he ends he ends the story by saying like they say some nights if you uh here's like. Here's the thing, they never found the monster, but they did find old boxes full of big plastic wrappers in a hole under the freezer, and then found the missing guard's flashlight down there too, it was smashed to pieces, we were right in front of the window. But the craziest part is, they never gave up, they just shut down the mall and locked, the, they, or they, is that they just gave up, they locked them down the mall forever. I say if you're quiet and you look long enough, you can still see the monster walking around the mall now that there's no one there to bother it. But they, anyone who's seen it has a different story of what it looks like, and then they they look then they they look into the window, uh, concentrating on it, and he kicks the window so that <laughs> to startle her. Gotcha. Yeah, that is not in the pasta. <laughs> I mean, again, it, it adds, I guess, a little bit more to their conversation, other than, oh man, you should uh, t- uh, give me your phone number. Oh man, I'll go yeah, that's phone a, stuff. yeah. So this is the thing. Like in in this story, they're like. It, it 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 feels it feels kind of hacky because like it's um but I can also accept it because like the whole thing in writing is today's the day and this is the guy who the story's about and I feel and the way that Veronica's written in this is like he's come he's like he's like hey you want to go to the next movie and she's like sure okay whatever well and it's like in the yeah pasta so, it was more like hey are you gonna be here in two weeks for this one. It was less of a date at the start, mm-hmm. it was more or less and then all of a sudden, once they're there, bam, it's they're a date. Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She comes with the, she comes without her friends, and he gets like really like excited about that. Yeah, he's like, "Oh man, does she think this is gonna be a date kind of thing?" Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, again, like I, 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 I get that we got had to get some information, I guess, maybe about like Josh and the, that whole situation. But I feel like it could have been done a little bit less like Hollywood romance kind of. Yeah, story. it's not. It's it's not a. It's it's not a great story. And I feel like, yeah. honestly, the whole thing would have been better if it hadn't have been Veronica. Yeah. Like it just. It doesn't have to be Veronica. It doesn't have to be Josh's sister. It doesn't have to be that. Connection. It could have been yeah. some other. Like it could have been any attractive blonde who was into bad movies. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing that points out that this didn't have to be like this connected to this story at all. This could have been a separate story entirely, oh, yeah. and it would have worked because, like, again, it's like, kind of like a weird like stalker revenge or sundary stalker. No, you thing. can't love her. You can only love me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and that's kind of like when you get into that, like that's sort of that's sort of the connection there. And yeah, I don't know. There's a there's a lot of yeah, and and also they try and yeah they try and like shoehorn in like oh Josh disappeared like yeah. nobody knows what happened to him he just was gone. Yeah, and I mean this also kind of brings in like this also kind of starts up the uh, uh, something in the next one where um, like this kind of breaks. Um, uh, the parents of Josh, uh, because like they lose Josh and then they lose uh, <laughs> Veronica. Veronica. I wanted to say Samantha, but I think that was from like an earlier thing. Um, I think that was the the aide that uh, his his mom oh, yeah. had the, the aide that he would propose to two years later. Yeah, what the heck was that about? <laughs> like, okay, anyway, yeah. random. Yeah, just a random thing. <laughs> um, yeah, and then like in the the next one, we kind of like see the aftermath of what happens after Veronica gets. Is is uh, has died, um, and what it does to the family uh, of Josh. But yeah, yeah, and man, so yeah, we come to the final story, which is yeah. friends. If there's nothing else to say about screens, uh, do, do there is to... more. <laughs> do you have more? Yeah, we've what been else? Two hours. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have more on this, and then there's not much for the last one. So. All right, I'll just. Yeah. All right, so um, this is going friends is pretty fast. Back to Alex. <laughs> Uh, being in third grade and already being interested in girls, like yeah, again, when I maybe I just mastered lighters and girls faster than you, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I was definitely interested in them. <laughs> yeah, it's not unheard of. Well, but I had I had a fair number I had a fair number of grade school crushes. Well, typically the whole dating scene doesn't really start until fifth or sixth grade. Yeah, but still. right. Yeah, I don't think it was. Yeah, I, I don't think Alex had a plan of dating. He's like, I, I want Veronica. I want Veronica to notice me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't really about yeah. dating. It was just, yeah, yeah. I want her to think positively about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, do, 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 well, this story took place in the nineties. Well, the actual when he's a teenager's probably around the turn of the new millennium. Yeah. Because in the, I think it's the very first story, he mentions that Mighty Max was his favorite show. Yeah. Which aired in 1992-1993, which gives you an estimate of... Yeah, I always assumed it was kind of like around the 90s is when this... Oh, yeah, yeah, he does mention Mighty Max in his letter. Yeah, so uh, the only thing that I sort of found is that a, a dollar... For the movie, entry fee seemed a little low. Because um, I know here at the movie theater, uh, the cheap night was four bucks. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but in the 90s? Old yeah. yeah. Also, I think in like the late 90s, I remember. Um, but then this is Millennium. Know, true, but late 90s. Like, uh, I'm not. Again, yeah. Millennium. I, don't know, I, don't <laughs> I remember there was a Toonie Tuesday thing, so. But. Yeah, but that was for chicken. That's not the price of a movie. <laughs> no, no, no. There was a Toonie Tuesday, like, at the theater. It was... You jackass. <laughs> yeah, that's two Canadian dollars. So that's, like, what, 50 cents? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's probably about a dollar, actually, in the States. I think it's, like, a um, dollar, like, 75 right now. Yeah. Okay. And then, All right, yeah. We're running long, though, so... Yeah. All right. Uh, one last thing. Um, when he's urinating beside the building... Uh, he starts, like, running, but only two or three steps, he trips on a loose piece of stone and fell hard onto the concrete, striking yeah. his head on the corner of a chair. 
Yeah. And the chair wasn't mentioned anywhere beforehand. It's just, oh, suddenly, bam, on a chair that's outside. Schrodinger's chair. You don't mention the chair. He just runs and trips and falls. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that was... The the chair did confuse me as well. I was like, where the hell did this chair go? Yeah. And then the other thing I had is that uh, because I don't use data on my phones, and I haven't, if somebody tries to send you a multimedia message or a picture, it says failed to send this message. So you should have gotten hundreds of messages saying failed to send the picture messages yeah, that you never Yeah, but Veronica received. messed up her phone, so I don't know. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I can also send, I can also send, like, well, I don't know. Let me see if I can send but, a picture message to my house. But the fact that it was, the phone company said that all these messages have been sent because they're charging for it. Yeah meant that he should have at least received a bunch of notifications that he was receiving. That he was receiving... That someone was trying to send him messages he couldn't receive. Yeah. Because, yeah, I get the same thing. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. Screens... It's it's not a... It's not a very... Yeah. Screens is not the best story in this collection. I think we're agreed on that. No, I would say it's the weakest. Yeah. 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 Veronica didn't no, yeah. have to die. Yeah, I think we're I think we're all in agreement that Screens is the yeah the worst story in here. Yeah. All right, moving on. It's not it's not bad, but it's not like it doesn't fit. Yeah, it doesn't belong in. And this. it's got a, it's got some problems. Yeah, the major problem being that yes, it just doesn't fit here. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so moving on to Friends. Yes, Friends, the final story. Um... So yeah, it starts. Steve talks. Uh, starts. Starts. Uh, it takes place before, after, during, long after balloons, um, and starts with starts by talking about how Steve met Josh, and he didn't have any friends in. He didn't make any friends in kindergarten because he messed up his cast, and you. And when you have a cast, your everything smells real bad because you can't wash it. And it was that was uh, even more messed up by how he got his cast wet and stuff. Anyway, he meets Josh because they have Ninja Turtles lunchboxes. Yeah, and they both have and, like something happened to them, like that is kind of embarrassing on the first day. <laughs> yeah, and so they end up being good friends because that yeah because that's how it goes. Um, they take on each other's mannerisms. Oh yeah, there's a thing in here about how they hung they hang out a lot and they they act very similarly and his mom says like, you know, if Josh's hair looked a little different, I wouldn't be able to tell you apart. Oh. Um, I didn't actually know. catch that the first time. In hours I didn't catch it the first time. They sound alike. Yeah, they sound alike and they <laughs> Josh could uh mimic uh Steve's voice over the phone. Yeah. Yeah, he can manage. Yeah, he can mimic his voice over the phone, and she also says like, aside from, like their hair looks similar, but she could tell them apart easily because one of them had a different color hair than the other one. But aside from that, yeah, my mom often sometimes joked that the only way she could tell us apart sometimes is by our hair. He had straight, dirty blonde hair like his sister. I had curly brown hair like my mother. And so, yeah, they after the events of Maps, they kind of part ways and they don't talk a lot because they're in different classes and other shit happened to them. And so he uh, he talks. It goes cuts forward to his twelfth birthday and he tries to invite Josh back and Josh decides to come. There's some parts back and forth where like Josh doesn't want to come and he tries to cancel the birthday party and then they end up 
yeah, then they, Josh, yeah, Josh ends up coming. They talk for a while. Josh is pretty subdued for the whole party. And he, when he asks, like, why they, why they uh, kind of drifted away, Josh just says, you left. And they open presents, and there's one that does, then cards. And they go into details saying, like, remember to read the cards so that you know who presents are from. And so he, one of the cards doesn't seem to be from everybody, and it just says "I love you" a bunch of times in the middle, and it's circled a bunch of times in pencils, uh, in pencil. And then also, Steve gets new walkie-talkies, and Josh gets some feelings and asks his dad to come pick him up, and feels bad for being such a shithead at the party. Yeah. And that was the last time I saw Josh. Yeah. Um, oh, he did say he had like he had some way of like making it up to him. Yeah, um, like a present wise, and like, oh, you don't have to do that. No, no, I got this cool idea. Like, a, it's like I'll see you later, man. And then yeah, yeah. and so yeah, that's the last time he sees him. Um, and then uh, Steve's mom becomes really, really overprotective and tries to shield him from all news about Josh or the family. Um, apparently, fairly successfully given the events of screens. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, he talks about how after Josh's disappearance, they put they put out like a, a public thing saying like if you have any information about Josh, call in. And they got a lot of crank calls, so they changed their number. Had somebody else answer the number, they'd forward on any actual tips. Um, and after that, uh, oh yeah, Josh's dad worked in construction management, which had made him travel a lot. But he kind of got out of that after his mom started deteriorating. Or after his after Josh's mom started deteriorating, and he started taking local jobs and started eventually taking on just odd jobs, and he talked about that there was uh, he had a job to level. Uh, oh yeah, he got a job to level the recently deforested area near the tributary. There's a single patch of earth that's always lower every single pass, and so he um, he realized Steve realizes this is the hole he fell into near the pool float and in footsteps and in other places and josh's dad digs it out and finds a finds a coffin at the bottom of it or well an impromptu coffin it's a seven by four foot wooden box yeah and he finds that josh is buried in there and he's like his he's got like his face is like distorted in terror there's also a fully grown man who apparently had his jugular written out or bitten out I tried to say ripped and bitten, and it came out written, which is it's, which is actually a word. It's written out. It just like ceases to exist. There's words everywhere. It was erased. So there's words everywhere. And yeah, and so uh, I think it's oh yeah. Steve's talking to his mom about this, basically. Yeah, the, yeah, the whole fun, that's how he finds out about this. And he realizes that the man uh, had buried himself alive with Josh, and Josh killed him, but wasn't able to get out. And they found a drawing of stick figures, one of which had Steve's initials. And it's like, oh, the guy wanted to bury himself alive with Steve. Yeah, and because um, Josh looked and sounded Josh similar. Looked, yeah. And apparently, like, oh, like he couldn't find Steve because they moved, so he went for the second best thing. Yeah. Which is and he found, And they find in Josh's pockets there was an incomplete map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he went, and, that was the big that was the big project he was gonna, or surprise he was gonna do for him. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and so yeah, Josh. And so yeah, Josh's dad realizes that this uh, he recognizes this guy as somebody who paid him to dig a big to or to fill in a hole um, mm-hmm. at a specific time for like yeah to 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 fill in this hole and he doesn't want his wife to know so he gets a gas tank and burns down the entire thing. Okay, so I got to stop here for a second. Like, I understand, like, if he's working like a dog and, like, doesn't know, 
like it doesn't like just doesn't like focus on like little things and like details. But like, yeah, he's, this, too, he's been paid one... to, to to fill up holes, and he he sees a hole with a box in. It. <laughs> yeah, like, that's this is that's like pushing it like too far. Like yeah. I. I liked I liked the idea of some like they really needed to answer the question of it, and the guy kind of pushed the, pushed it a little too far. Of like, oh, it's Josh's dad who buried him. Yeah, because um, like I feel like this could have actually gotten even darker, creepier. It's like, well, who buried the dude and jo- and Josh? If, like, if, yeah, and yeah, if like if it was that, then that would have then that would have made screens make sense. Yeah, like it would be. Then like, there's a second. There's a second stalker in the bushes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like there's a second person, something like that. Yeah, but no, it's it, he got paid off by uh, Josh's dad. Got paid off to bury his own son with this guy, and it was like okay. <laughs> yeah, and this is kind of the thing because like if we didn't have screens, I'd like this ending a lot better because it's the end of the stalker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the stalker fulfilled his quest of being like being forever with the person he was stalking, and I also like it because the stalker is just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> like whereas in the other stories he's like maybe this monster or something we don't know. Yeah, like he's mm. like more of like a like a movie creepy like 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 how is he po- like teleporting from like place to place or how is he like just like being invisible or like stealthing into houses and stealing children. But in this, no, he's just, he's just a normal dude. Yeah. And that's kind of thing. I, uh, yeah, that's the whole thing. He was just kind of a stalker. And then the story ends with, I'll miss you, Josh. I'm sorry. You chose me. We were explorers. We were adventurers. We were friends. Tile drop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the novel, there's a police, there's like a, there's like a scan, uh, a two page, like splash image of a scan of a police record of the the photos thing, I guess. Oh, the original, like when the police like took the information from the first place. Yeah, because they talk. It mentions the four stamps thing and all the all the Polaroids. Gotcha. Uh. And yeah, that's uh. So that's the that that's the end of Pen Pal, and yeah. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't the the ending was the ending felt kind of forced. I liked certain elements of it, but not. But yeah, like yeah. the whole part where it's like Josh Josh's dad buried him is kind of weird. Yeah, my super forced. Yeah, like yeah. my initial thought when I first read this like a couple of days ago. <laughs> sorry, Matt. I should we should have done this a lot earlier. But um, when um, when I well, as soon as I was finished reading it, I was just like. I was torn between two things. Because first off, it felt like that the ending was too explained, too detailed, like too elaborated upon, like of how they found Josh's body and stuff like that. And like, again, like the forced thing of like, why did Josh's dad have to be the one that buried him? And why didn't he notice the coffin thing? But at the end of the, uh, at the very end of it, like with that ending, like that ending is kind of satisfying. Like there is no more to say about this story. It's over. Um, yeah, and that's kind of thing. Like, I think that's why there's so much detail about about how Josh died because you need, like, they needed to provide resolution to the story. Yeah, I, I guess that that is like why, like, it's kind of feels like I'm conflicted. Like, where like it feels like there's too much, but then it feels like satisfying at the same time is because there well, was a lot there, but it all wound up, or it all like added up to that ending. So. And I'm just sort of the only reason I find it uh, the only real reason I find it unsatisfying is because screens happens later and there's another stalker like the story's not over. Did it happen later? Yeah, Before he's fourteen. The... Uh, I guess no. Yeah, and well, like, but like, 
But the yeah, the I guy. Thought, thought so that, Josh, that, Josh disappeared. Well, Josh disappeared at Steve's twelfth birthday party. Yeah, but yeah. the question is, how long was Josh kept alive? Yeah, because yeah. he was. That's the impression. He I was. Got. Yeah, he still had the map. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. the impression I got was that I mean, also his hair was dyed uh, to match uh, Steve's. Um, they they re- they they we get that information that detail from his mom like when she looks over the bodies and stuff. Um, so I got the impression that he was like kept alive in probably the abandoned house with this stalker yeah. to be Steve. Um, and it wasn't until later that he decided to you know end it all after like Veronica was killed and yeah and, and the dad didn't take the construction jobs and stuff until after Veronica died because he took the const- he took the construction jobs to be closer oh, okay, to his mom yeah. Yeah. okay I did okay I missed that part yeah but it's still a convoluted timeline yeah yeah that's yeah. the biggest issue with this is the convoluted and timeline. it's not helped by the fact that it's not told in a linear manner mm-hmm. like. I didn't. I didn't mind that. I kind of liked the how it was like. Oh, just more like random memories, um, which worked better for the creepy pasta. But I imagine as a novel would just be horribly annoying. Yeah. Because you're reading it it all at once. Yeah, because it it kind of jumps around. Like the the main thing I can say about the novel is that. Um, and even the novel has the conceit that like this is a bunch of stories. This is a collection of stories that are all loosely related, and so yeah. it's yeah, it wasn't. It's not organized to be chronological, and I don't. And the way the stories are paced, I don't think it really could be because yeah. the stories all happen around each other. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, I do feel like screens. Like I think screens is probably the big like the linchpin of like why it. Like that timeline inconsistency. Like if it mm-hmm. hadn't really been there, this probably would have been a little bit tighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a timeline, and then as a like just a series of events, like because like Josh could have gone missing when he was younger, like a lot younger than fifteen or fourteen or twelve or whatever. Like mm-hmm. w- when yeah. when kindergarten thing and like grade one and two was happening, and it and like again his mom has just keep, been keeping the secret of what happened to Josh for like even longer to have it even and then. Yeah, it'd be even that more like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact that like it jumps that like brutally jumps that like time period to suddenly they're in like twelve or thirteen, fourteen or whatever, and then Josh, Josh goes missing, and then this happens. Well, yeah. Hey, did the stalker leave Steve in the woods? Like there was. Yeah. Some- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is and this so the so I asked this question to cultist because I'm like. He, like his intention was to yeah was to take yeah. him to the house and then like be buried with him and the only answer that like cultist and I could come up with was uh was that yeah like he failed um, with Steve I remember in footsteps had a better the the hole wasn't dug in the footsteps whereas when when we see it again when they go through it run through it uh to get to the boxes I thought that the hole was dug up I thought the the hole was there in there is it always a gets hole. deeper yeah, okay, so there's a hole there yeah so I thought it was like okay so that's preparation for that and so like maybe he just like he was testing the waters and stuff and then again like Steve moved and in the pasta, anyways, Josh's uh, Josh's house has been proven to be very easy to get in and out of, <laughs> uh, with them just like opening a window and like hopping out and then yeah, same in up this the one. fence gate and that's it. Yeah, and they get they get out of Josh's house just as easily in the yeah. novel. So the like, yeah, I think it was just like he failed to get Steve that he really wanted to get in the first place um, before he like moved and like they got wise to it and all that, and so he's like shucks. 
oh, I guess I'll go for the next best thing, and he goes after Josh. So Josh spared Steve a grisly fate, essentially, because the guy was testing the waters or was kept failing and then got better and better at what, how to break and entering and sneak into somebody's house and steal a kid. <laughs> well, but the thing is, he was successful in the first one. He was, but, uh, yeah, and, and I don't, yeah, again, like... <laughs> he was successful, but obvious, but he... He had a fatal yeah. flaw. He had a fatal flaw in that. Steve like maybe woke he was. Go- he, maybe out. he left. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, or, when he know, took Josh, or, he had like the foresight to a, bring a, a bottle of ether. So maybe like he he left uh, Steve in the uh, woods to go grab something to like yeah bind, bind him and gag him or whatever. And then you know he woke up and ran back home. Whereas he had that stuff prepped by for the uh, the second attempt. So. Yeah, that's the that's the because yeah, that's a that's a major plot hole, and that's the only answer I could come up with. It is yeah, the, only the stalker was not a very good kidnapper, and he never tried again with uh, with Steve. Third yeah. time's the charm. Tried ever again. Well, by that point they had moved. So, but yeah, like yeah, well, like, they, he never they, tried. Like they a didn't couple of move days into yeah. boxes. Yeah. yeah. So well, they, maybe like um, that was what the uh, him going underneath the. Um, underneath the house might have been like just hiding there and like waiting for his chance he never got it until you know and then they moved but yeah it's it's yeah he should have had a couple more times where he got or maybe because the cops got pulled into the the last time like he had uh they were a little bit more wise to his tricks even if they weren't he had to yeah he had to he had to settle he had to (laughs) settle for second fiddle also yeah uh yeah like I just realized, like, yeah, like, uh, Josh had blonde straight hair, and Steve had brown curly hair, and he dyed John's, uh, Josh's, uh, hair brown, but, like, did he, like, curl it? <laughs> Probably. Oh, that's just dark. <laughs> yeah, the like, whole no, thing no, no, is, no, no, like, I, I, I understand, the whole thing is very dark, dark, but, like, <laughs> man, like, it's just, like, I don't know, just, like, the more I look, think about it, the darker it gets for me, I don't know why. It, there, yeah, anyways. Oh, hey, Cultus, I love you, and I want to die with you. Oh, I can't get you? Okay, Mikey, the E stands for evil. I guess I'll just die with you. Put on this cloak. <laughs> Is, was it creepier before the Put cloak? Put on the mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Like, the cloak didn't make that creepy. So The rubbing yeah, made it um... creepy. <laughs> I didn't even know there was rubbing. Oh god! <laughs> now all of the now the entire internet knows. Um, but yeah, so I guess. Um, is there any, are there any, is there anything else to I say about away this? From this is that it really just reminded me of Sucker Punch, where this story isn't even about Steve. It's about Josh and his family. <laughs> yeah, it really kind of is. <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah, no. The story the story is about how this about how the events surrounding Steve yeah, like, like really fuck up everybody else, and it's kind yeah, of mentioned like, in the end. I, like, you I'm, my, you like, I'm sorry you knew friend. me. Like, even though like we had a blast when, when it was good, like shit. <laughs> everybody who knew either, everybody who knows me like, has severe <laughs> like, problems. Yeah, like Maggie, Josh, jo- his yeah. mom, like. Um, yeah, like, yeah, no, um, and again, like, for me, like, I feel like a couple of these stories didn't have to be, like, tied together, like, some of the, the first two could definitely just been, like, would have been good as, like, a standalone, like, just the two of them, or every, and then every other one could have been, like, separate, and then, 
there could have been a couple of like I don't know, uh, like ad, like a couple of them could have been like together, but like yeah, screens didn't screens could have just been left as a separate entity entirely, um, or just gone away. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, put into the pile for later, like other story, like another story to develop later. Um, but as a whole, like what do, what does everybody think? Like for recommendation, I guess <laughs> is. So the thing I'll say for recommendations is. Um, I read this book a year ago. I wasn't reading it for a podcast, and yeah, I kind of liked it. It's not it's not great, but it's I've definitely read. Well, I mean, worse according books. to the Drunk in the Ugly forums, you've been reading um, the Animorphs series. So <laughs> the Animorphs are true art, and you will not you will okay, not discount that. <laughs> Unless you talk about unless you talk about the TV show because the TV show is, is yeah uh, I enjoy the TV uh, show for entirely yeah. different but reasons. yeah uh, for me um, getting back to this story um, uh, for me like reading these like I mean I was reading for the podcast and under a time limit because I realized oh shit it's been it's a week before the, we have to do this podcast I should I should read the story um, I reading it I got through it in about two days like just off and on on my like off time. Yeah, it is a quick read. It's forty three. Yeah, it's a real fast pages, read. roughly. Like the pasta is compiled on creepasta.wiki. Yeah, yeah, the novel is um, two hundred twenty eight pages. Um, and I think even even taking even like taking a bunch of notes and stuff, and mostly reading it on the train, I got through. Yeah, uh, I got through um, this book in like three or four. And days, I maybe. I enjoyed like kind of the I I kind of like. As I was reading it, like it was a bit of a, there was some spots where there's slog, but ultimately, like I enjoyed the read, and I was like, reading it. I wanted to keep reading it because I wanted to know what was going to happen next, and I kind of liked the setting that he was developing with this like neighborhood. It kind of came off to me as a little bit like Stephen King's It, where it goes back to the flashbacks of the kids and they're like developing that stuff. It reminded me of that. Blasphemer. Um, I'm sorry, um, but. Um, like yeah, I enjoyed it for that kind of stuff. Like I, I enjoyed the development and the. I wanted to know what was going to happen next, and then by the end, I was like, while the ending was like, there were some flaws in the story. Ultimately, I am satisfied with the read I had. So yeah, I'd I'd actually recommend this one, even as the pasta. And then I kind of almost want to get the book, <laughs> just to have it on my in my library, if nothing else. All yeah, right, so I got it pretty cheap Mikey, on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Like um, well. It's a, it's a paperback. Like the novel is probably the definitive edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely the definitive one. Um, the the story itself was a good read until it like it got to the fourth story. Because for me, well, in the third one they move, and then at the beginning of the fourth one it doesn't tell you where in the timeline they are and then it took me a while to realize that they were back before it had moved they'd moved <laughs> yeah it, yeah the inconsistency it's just there. that to me was completely jarring <laughs> so uh read at your own risk the creepy pasta version but from the sound of it, the novel has elaborates on things that are better and in some cases worse but overall it seems like it fixes a lot of the issues yeah for me um 
Honestly, as far as creepypastas go, I, I think I said this earlier, this one was edited yeah. before it was posted. <laughs> Which, yeah. Um, like, yeah. exactly. Which already puts so it leaps and I'm bounds actually, ahead I of most. I would recommend it as a creepypasta, but the problem with that is I couldn't recommend paying money for it. Not because you can get it for free, but because it's not good enough to pay money for it. I have literature dollars that I would rather spend on other stories and other books. But as a creepypasta, it has just way more effort put into it, and honestly, it holds its own... Like, it it raises the bar for creepypastas. Which is always good. But as a novel, I, I just... Even with the improvements, even though it does fix a lot of things with the creepypasta... I just I I I could never spend money on it. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So, um oh, you heard Yeah. So that's I guess our recommendations then. Um so um so if you like what you heard, if you're still listening to us after how long? 2 hours and 30 minutes, probably a little bit less once I get around to editing. Um Leave us a comment in the comment section below wherever this gets posted, whether it be on Kiwi 6, Facebook, YouTube, Tumblr, uh, the Patreon. Um, go. You can uh, leave us ratings or uh, reviews on iTunes. That would be awesome of you. Um, you can uh, get, uh, get a hold of us all on Twitter at Dr. Leviathan. E stands for Evil. Review Cultist and I'm at the Drunk and the Ugly or at the Drunk and Ugly. Uh, my personal Twitter is uh, Catman two four five five. Okay. Um, and actually, yeah, uh, Matt, do you want to? Is there anything you want to plug uh, for the Drunk and the Ugly or yourself? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, come check out my. I've, I've pitched it a couple times here before, but uh, you want to listen to people play RPGs for a while? Drunkenugly.com. We got like 500 episodes or something because uh, we don't have lives. Um, we post once a week, two rotating campaigns. If you're interested in listening to people play RPGs come down there uh also i do a friend or i do i do a show with my friend travis called ugly talk which is a monthly show occasionally twice a month if we have like a panel or something what we're posting on where we talk about writing and rpg design and travis uh, talks a lot about his like uh his uh whole interactive his whole interactive narratives uh thesis that he wrote as part of his uh as part of his master's program so, a lot of academic, uh, a lot of academic talk about uh, film and screenwriting and uh, writing in video games, all kinds of whole trains media thing. And yeah, listen to that. Give reviews on that, I guess. All right. Um, actually, I I do listen to almost all of their stuff, so. I can vouch for that. Also, I think uh, me and um, Dr. Leviathan have been on uh, Ugly Talk. At least once or twice, I think I've been on at least twice. Yeah, yeah. You and you and you and Leviathan were on the April Fool's yeah, episode, right? Uh, where you actually did it? Where you actually? I I wasn't expecting you guys to actually do a real episode. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's how we do our April Fools. We just do we 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 do it like legit, like we do it serious. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't do that at all. And then. And then you guys went onto our show and did Space Raptor Butt Invasion. Hey, you're the one who approved that. 
That's and, true. And at least I didn't have to read it. That is also true. <laughs> yeah, if you, you should listen to us. Uh, the, their, one of their other co-hosts, Sam, actually doesn't... There's apparently a bunch the of them, actually. <laughs> it, Why would I want to experience that? <laughs> it's, it's funny. There's a part, yes, there is That's a part funny. in there where, it, where uh, it just stops and says, the rest of this has been edited for content. Yeah. Yeah. Namely around the point of the button evasion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Drug of the Ugly do some good stuff. Um, well, thanks. Al Dente Rigor Mortis approved. <laughs> um, and. Because oh, yeah, uh, the bar there is so high. Hey. <laughs> um, and yeah, lastly. Um, yeah, you can check out, um, or and you can send us emails at aldenterigamortis at gmail.com. That's A-L-D-E-N-T-E-R-I-G-A-M-O-R-T-I-S at gmail.com. Where you can send us suggestions for other creepypastas uh, you'd like us to discuss on the show, and um, sometimes torment Matt by having him come on the show and do a crossover episode. <laughs> you know one thing, um, always going to be long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so I guess for now that is it. So until next time, I have been your host, Review Cultist. I'm still Doctor Leviathan, and I'm Mikey. The E stands for evil, and I'm Matt. Still, always, forever. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been Al Dente Rigamortis. Sleep well. Spooky noises. Well, we're actually probably going to end up posting this on the New Year's. Oh, dang. All right. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we already have our Halloween stuff Ooh, recorded. spooky New Year. Wait, hold on, hold on. I want to see if I can make it just go a little bit. <laughs>